off the record, on the rocks. But I am going to be getting on an airplane for the first time in 14 months-ish, maybe. Uh, going to be flying up to Seattle in a couple of weeks. Going to be meeting with some folks at Microsoft in person, um, which is like, what? And we're going to have dinner and, you know, I'll do these things that humans do. <laughs> so I'll, I'll report back on how that goes. But there's a lot of, you know, Microsoft's fiscal year. They're one of those funny companies where their fiscal starts on July 1. And so kind of sort of puts them in a really sweet spot because right now people are just coming out of the pandemic. This is the time when they're just planning their new year anyway. So they're hitting that July one with a good stride and we have some good conversations happening. Um, I don't know if they're going to go back to their full blown conference scale. We were helping them with live event um, enablement. Uh, you know, we, we talked about going to CES, you know, a couple of years ago, like we'll meet in CES in January. And then of course, you know, COVID hits and it's like, gosh, will we ever, what will CES even look like come this January? I mean, there's that question of, is there going to be the whipsaw of are people going to be so wound up like a coiled spring waiting, 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 waiting for vaccines and waiting for things to open that when it opens, it just comes unfurled like you can't contain it? Are people going to be rushing to conferences again? Or do you think you're gonna, they're going to have that measured, you know, hey, we're doing a conference, but we're going to offer the virtual track for those of you who are concerned, and we'll do 20 or 30% capacity and blah, blah, blah. Do you think we're going to be in a hybrid land for a while from what you've seen? I, I, hope, I can't tell. I hope that there is a slow springing action a controlled recoil of that slinky because otherwise it it whipsaws the other side of the room and it is it, yeah i don't i don't think that's not what i'm looking for i mean even the same thing we were just talking about with cruises or concerts like i think i put work trips and conferences into the same category where Unless I had to right now, I would prefer to take it slow. Looking at CES ahead, what to, you know to next January feels like okay. Maybe by that point, yes. Um, I know Ashley's scheduled to get her vaccine on Monday, her oh, first nice. shot. I get my second shot, I think next Friday, and we nice. literally just like everybody else, we are on Airbnb looking at you know, trips to somewhere just because, so there is the pent up demand on no question, right? Like mm -hmm. we want to go somewhere. We want to take the kids somewhere. Um, just get out of the house, get out of town. And we've done a couple of small trips. I mean, like you, we, we've been able to do a couple of small things, but this feels like we could maybe go out to eat and maybe do, you know, more than what we would have been able to otherwise do. Um, but uh, I am, uh, I am here to hear what is latest and greatest and breaking in NFTs. The first question that I wrote down for you is, yeah. uh, what are going on with gas prices? Oh, gas prices these days. And I just, I laughed to myself. I was like, this is what old people talk about, but not really. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. What is going on with gas prices? Um, I just tried to transfer a bunch of ETH into WETH, into W-E-T-H, because I wanted to bid on a swizzle bang. I know yeah. we kind of got into this last time. One other yes. thing to let you know is that your search search equity on swizzle bangs, number one Google search results. <laughs> so if you're listening, Google swizzle bangs, and your number one search result is an NFT marketplace, 20 unique items. I could not transfer enough to make a bid. Still the same problem. Um, 
I don't understand how I'm going to be able to do that. If I'm going to be able to do that, let's talk gas prices. Let's talk OpenSea. What's going on on the chain? Yeah, so I mean, the chain is starting to, there's a lot of heat coming onto the chain because of the commensurate, I believe, heat around crypto generally. Like, mo there's a lot of people coming online to the chain for the first time because of NFT. And right. so that's why I find there's this interesting relationship where the two things are really tightly wound together, uh, tied closely together, because it's just like, you know, I think about these analogs, other things that are happening in the world where like you say, oh, you know, what's the, you know, the majority of people today are coming online on the web via a mobile device. That was like the big news five, 10 years ago, right? It's like what people can't contemplate that the web page is gone. It's all this new small mobile first you know, and everyone's using the phone type, and, and Everyone's doing that. And so you have to really find that mindset, that behavior set. So now crypto has been a thing that's been around for, you know, for call it forever in our terms here, you know, say if it's been a decade of people doing stuff and even before that. And now all of a sudden, because Michael Jordan and Will Smith put in $300 million at the top shot, which is a big, big news, that sort of validates this notion of a moment of NBA yeah. Uh, you know, for these players, that suddenly puts that front and center in everyone's mind of like, whoa, NFT. Okay, I get it. Jordan says I should get one of his dunks. How do I get it? Well, you got to go to the NFT marketplaces and you got to learn about gas prices, learn about width, <laughs> all these things. Now, this Top Shot does a great job of just putting it all, they just do it all behind the scenes. You really don't have to, to know a lot. You go in there and you can buy stop, stuff simply. One stop if shop, right? If you haven't checked it out, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You can just play for like as low as a couple hundred bucks. You buy a pack of four or five blind, you know, NFT top shots and you get what you get. You might get lucky. You might get the, yeah. you know, the LeBron, you might not. So when I comes, when it comes to things like, you know, the swizzle bangs and stuff I've been playing with, when you talk about gas prices and there's all this, um, you know, gas prices vary based on time of day and all the other things that are happening on the chain. It's just like, you know, you, we talked about where if a freeway gets congested and you're just sitting there idling at five miles an hour, you're using a lot more gas than if you were just cruise controlling at 80 down the highway. Um, there's tons of people who are working, as I've done some research, to try to alleviate this, like by speeding up the chain, as it were. Um, there's a lot of technologies that, frankly, Michael, I don't even quite understand perfectly yet how they optimize these chains. I know there's ways of forking things off, doing transactions, bringing it back, Bring all it these back. things. Um, but my experience was 110 to 120 to 130 bucks just for me to get the NFTs to a position where I can list them and then start to sure. sell. So I have two, two sets now. And it's funny you say Swizzle Bangs. It's S-W-I-Z-Z-E-L or L-E, sorry, Bangs. Um, that was deliberate because I knew I'd, I'd grab a spot for search that no one would have. <laughs> the other one was also sort of specific, which is the lemur focus. These are the emotional support lemurs. There's not a whole lot going on. There are some lemurs out there, but certainly none for emotional support. So I have these set up. Now, what I've learned is the auction model, as it pertains to gas prices paid with WEF, which is like, it's funny to say that because it's like Ethereum is called ETH, Ether, and then they just put a W in front of it to sort of, I don't know what they even stand for. Differentiate it, to these, fork it, right? Their own special currency. Their own special way to pay for the gas prices. So <laughs> the way I've looked at it is now these auctions are great if you're a named known person. Right. If I am someone like you pick any NBA player or pick any artist or any musician or whatever, you're going to put stuff up. You're going to hit your, you know, Twitterverse and they're going to know to come and buy it. And you when you have that a big, following, it works. You got I got a it. following. And if you're yeah. paying one ETH 
one ETH, ETH, by the way, ETH has been on a tear. It's, it topped over $2,000 uh, this morning early. Let's see where it's at to right now. Looking at the prices. Yeah, ETH is at $2,000, $2,050. So up over $2,000, which is a really high spot for Ethereum. So things are on the move. You can tell people are buying NFTs. People are paying gas because yeah. ETH is on the rise. So that's all good for the, for the ecosystem. But not good for me. Who's trying to make a swizzle bang and an emotional support lemur because no one just swung out. So instead of doing auctions and trying to get all cute, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sell it at a specific price. If I can go in and say I can sell at Productize a portion it. of it, productize it at a portion of an ETH, because the auctions, at least as far as I could tell on open open sea, were only letting me do a minimum bid of one ETH. And no one's going to minimum bid two grand for something they never heard of. So hey, hey, hey don't don't cut yourself short, man. Don't <laughs> cut yourself short. Well, I'm not going to do the whole collection. I'm going to pick a one or two and just see, okay, I'm going to do a targeted single buy and then also get more language around how we're going to be donating the proceeds to pandemic relief fund. And then my goal is to market that to some of the parents in the school community for my kids, just to get a little bit of a buzz yeah. going um, and I, see what, what takes. I want to go all the way back to one of the things you said about what Top Shot is doing and and being able to get what are effectively digital playing cards now with these these highlight reels. And you kind of get what you get. and But in five, 10 years, you never know if that one that you got, just like playing cards. And I love the analogies that we're using, these common metaphors. You've referenced this a few times where even we're mm -hmm. talking about the gas prices and getting on the highway and merging. We're using these metaphors to to make sense of this. But playing cards and, and how they can increase in value over time, and now you've got the NBA coming in front of this with NFTs, this is how it goes mainstream. This is how the everyday person walking down the street, the fact that it NFTs made their way onto Saturday Night Live. You know, this is what you're saying. This has been going on for 10 years, a decade. People have been working on blockchain to now all of a sudden mainstream understanding kind of acceptance and just more and more the celebrity behind it. Mark Cuban put up one today. He's got his own marketplace um, of him shooting what looks like a Dogecoin, right? He's making 20 of these things. So now he's even blending this Dogecoin with NFTs to, to kind of you know, there's a gimmick behind it, but it is once again driving it into the conversation. People are learning about it and it's happening. I mean, it's 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 right in front of us. What what's next? What who's going to figure out once the novelty wears off? What's the business application of how these are going to work? Well, and, and what you just described is something that I think if I take a, a macro step back, I think about what I've heard every generation before me say, and of course, you always, as the younger generation, hear it and think, oh, come on, it's not going to be like that, you know, dad or grandpa, um, which is history repeats itself. And right now we have people like Mark Cuban and we have people like Michael Jordan and we have people who are behind Dapper Labs and people who are jumping in the NFT space who are more or less our generation right? Where people, these are people in their thirties and forties, the people with the big money coming in and maybe in their early fifties, but it's a generation band of people who grew up with things like Nintendos, who grew up with things like Pokemon cards, who grew up with things like baseball cards and all those training stuff. People who are sneaker heads, you know, put your word and then the word heads and they're in our generation. There's a group, right? um, and these, these are people who bought a pair of Mint Air Jordans, you know, 20 years ago for $250,000 in the box unworn because people want a piece of that culture. And so, you know, the Dogecoin stuff, you know, the, the memes, all the things that are coming out of it are just, I think, a lot of great hype that get people excited. But, you know, there's people who, well, I remember when eBay first came out, I paid an exorbitant amount of money to some knucklehead in Illinois to buy an original Atari 2600 for pure nostalgia. And it came with, you had 10 games and the condition was like fair to good. 
I didn't care. It showed up in a cardboard box stuffed with packing peanuts that smelled like some, something else. <laughs> and I opened it up and I had to dust it off and it full on worked. And I was like, yes, now I can give that as a gift. And I gave it to my girlfriend at the time as a Christmas present of like, you know, this is our nostalgia. We grew up, you know, as kids playing Atari 2600. By all weights and measures, the games are absolute garbage when you actually play them <laughs> with modern eyes. But you have one. Right. I have it there and I'm going to save it. So when people think about the, just the behaviors of the wanting to own a piece and people knowing deep down, even if the hype kind of fades over time, 15, 20 years from now, the original top shots from the year 2021, if right. you have the timestamp that shows you were there first, those first editions, because remember the chain is the ledger, even if the, the edition on the like open C thing, even if I put on the swizzle bang edition one, it kind of doesn't even mean anything, but with a timestamp on the ledger will will show the right. top shot that was bought in 2021 is uber valuable. Even if top shot goes under as a business in five years, this is a long standing tradition. I feel like all the naysayers, all the people who are kind of like, I don't understand it. I, want, I can go to YouTube and watch the trailer. It's not about watching anything. I don't play the Atari games every day, but I have an original have and that's it. a finite number of those. I I mean the story that you're telling about the nostalgia and it 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 equates to the NFTs 30 years from now. Well, I have the first NFT. Oh, what are NFTs, Grandpa? Oh, well, nobody uses them anymore, or they're still existing, right? The story is still there to have it. I think that that as a metaphor, as history repeating itself, makes a ton of sense to me. And and you're right, people people knocked the internet. You know, why am I going to need this thing? What is this internet thing? People knocked eBay. People knocked every every forward step that happened in technology on the web has this period of time where there is novelty, there is gimmick, there are naysayers, and there are those who say this is never going anywhere. And the reason I think this one sticks out as 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 the future, we can call it that, mm -hmm. right? I mean, of where this is going is because that technology is decentralized. And mm -hmm. we got you gotta bring it back to because it is decentralized and because you've got this well <laughs> decentralized user base, then how could it ever disappear? Why would it ever go away? Wouldn't it just keep going into perpetuity as long as the community is there to support it, to put it on the chain, to, to bounce the, you know, the, the ledger around. That's where I see this is not going anywhere. If you play the long game and you look 30, 30 years from now, it'll change. It'll morph. It'll get better. But I don't think the core tenets of it are going to disappear. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think that there's this interesting nexus though, that we're quickly approaching. And it's one where, um, because, the web as we know it today or when it sort of really kind of came into focus in the late nineties, call it where in the world, you know, the bubble, um, you know, we for sure are in some kind of an NFT bubble, right? I mean, people selling Absolutely. an NFT for 60 plus million dollars or whatever, you know, there, there's going to be these moments. And of course, as you unpack all those events of the recent press, you know, people say, well, who was the person who bought the NFT? Oh, it's this really rich guy from India who runs an NFT fund or a crypto fund. Like these are people in the in the echo chamber screaming loudly to make the chamber louder and louder and louder. And what does that do? Well, it attracts a lot of attention. <laughs> and the early web, it took many years to attract attention, right? Technology was nascent. People were enamored with email marketing programs that we talked about. The USPS wanted to come and put a postage stamp on every email. There was all these institutions who want to get in on that. Right. And as soon as right now you're seeing the IRS and all these global these global um, you know 
fiduciary kind of observe, observation company oh, yeah. groups, whatever they are, are saying, well, we love this, but if you're going <laughs> to start to create a true marketplace and you want to start selling slices of NFTs as tradable securities, yep. well, guess what? You're going to have to put that on your balance sheet of company, or guess what, Michael, you're going to have to say that's in the gambling, you know, gains and losses section on your 1099, all of a sudden it gets real. So there's probably, there, there's these two like opposing forces that are, it's like when you have two magnets that are uh, opposing one another, they're both the same polarity and you're kind of pushing it and you're trying so hard to stick them together because they're magnets, but they won't go together. Like the, the all of us want crypto and want NFTs to just be so important. And we want everyone to believe and we all want to go, go, go. At the same time, there's this other force of saying like, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. But we want a piece too. We want a piece too. And pretty soon someone's going to have to super glue those two magnets together and say, we, we don't belong together. But now when, you know, you go and you buy a swizzle bang, you have to declare that on your taxes. Gosh, it changes everything. It, it, it like, for me, it spins my head on what, what was just a collector's dream? I just want to collect some things. And now I got knocks on the door because the tax man wants me to pay for unrealized value. That's going to threaten this, but at the same time validate it. So like, how do you find that right little spot to intersect? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think I watched, this year it's going to get weird, really weird this year. I, I think the key word you used there was securities. I watched you know, the moment that that term gets introduced to the conversation where you're selling fractions of NFTs you know, so that there's a fractional ownership of the, the whole item. I heard Janet Yellen's where I was about to go. You know, she sort of uh, talked about that piece of it is where, yeah, now all of a sudden it needs to be regulated and the SEC looking at this and the IRS looking at this and what you're talking about is, it now has these these digital items now have true value associated mm -hmm. with them and the moment that that value is believed in <laughs> you know in god we trust now mm -hmm. that it is believed in now the irs wants their slice this is going to get i mean it is going to get weird and i think we talked about last time one of the companies that i was digging in on to try to and i i don't have the full story but i just think it's it's interesting to me they made some splash a couple it's probably about a month ago now micro strategy um mm -hmm. you know in some sec filing talking that a significant portion of their cash was being held in bitcoin and mm -hmm. that is, you know, I think one of the first times you saw a publicly traded company, maybe not, but it was at least the one that broke through for me where I was like, oh, wait a second. Now, instead of cash reserves on the balance sheet, they now have to have this line item in their quarterly filing report that talks about the, the, the cash that they're holding in Bitcoin and the value that it is, you know, that it has, whether up or down. That's interesting. How quickly can that be can be converted to dollars? Does the company care? Does the in does the investor do the investors care? Right? Do the investors who are investing in MicroStrategy care that fifty percent of the cash holdings is being held in cryptocurrency? That's a if that's they, a lot. If they have, it's a lot. But I guess what you're saying is, if they have no, if you believe they have no real intention of liquidating and withdrawing all their assets anyway. What you're saying is that it doesn't really matter whether it's in crypto or not, right? It only matters suddenly if you want to extract all this in fiat cash. Right. And you got to figure out, okay, well, how does that, what's that transaction look like? And how does everyone who's involved get their little piece of the take on the way? Um, I think, too, what, you know, an, another sort of, there's another layer to this, which is you just mentioned, which is the Bitcoin. So when you talk, when we talk about 
NFTs and we talk about crypto and we talk about Bitcoin, all three are interrelated, but yet are all very unique and separate, right? So I think of Bitcoin as the underlying gold standard. Let's just use a, a crude example, uh, digital gold, where there's a finite Another good amount. metaphor, though. Another it's, good it's, metaphor. It's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be found. I mean, I know some people call it gold 2.0. Whatever it is, it's like, it's okay. It's a finite amount. It's going to be mined over the top until the year 2040. So it's going to become an asset of which to base value on other digital things. Um, then you have uh, this notion of the NFT. Okay, how do I get an NFT? Like people think, oh, well, I'll use the Bitcoin to go buy the NFT. It's like, well, no, actually, you can't really quote use the Bitcoin. You need to convert it to something called Ethereum, and that's my how you're going to my, to the current. Well, Ethereum is really the currency of NFTs, straight up. Right, so there are plenty of other sort of uh, altcoins that sort of relate themselves to Ethereum, and that's what's all—all all those forks are based on that. But then you have these guys coming out and saying, "I think that Ethereum is the biggest and most important crypto asset because it funds and fuels this NFT craze." Right, but people don't make the connection: is that like, oh, well, you can just go to a pretty straightforward, you know, wallet website or whatever, and just hit the button that says "convert" and turn Bitcoin into Ethereum, and then get this new uh, address to then use to go and buy your NFT. And that's where people have this crazy disconnect. They sort of think of them as one and the same. So um, a big news coming out, I think, uh, is if it all goes to plan, uh, Coinbase, which is supposed to be having their uh, having an IPO on NASDAQ, is happening, I think, the middle of April. Oh, wow. And that is going to be the first full-blown mainstream decentralized exchange you know, type of service. And that is going to be the way that almost every person who wants to go buy an NFT is probably going to end up going to get the Ethereum to then buy the NFT and convert to WEF. Again, there's going to be these other guys. Like I think about this as like this digital bazaar. And as you walk into the digital bazaar, there's all these booths. And the first booth just so happens to be Coinbase. And the second booth over here happens to be OpenSea and, you know, the Nifty Gateway and the other guys who are like, hey, we're all set up. All you got to do is come here and hit a button and then you can get your Ethereum over there. And all you got to do is put money in those guys over there at Coinbase, get some Ethereum, come over to us, you can get your NFT. Simple, right? But then Top Shot's just right over here saying, hey, guys, that sounds too complicated. It's way easier to come here, put in your credit card number, and you can. We'll just give you all. We'll do all that for you. Here's the, the trading cards. So I feel like what we're going to see now are these boutique called Top Shot, you know, for basketball and probably eventually Whatever. for yeah. sports. You know, there's going to be one of those for gaming. There's going to be one of those for social media influencers. There's going to be one of those. You pick your category, and that's going to become the new. NFT app, call it a nifty app, call it the new DAP, you know, all these little, these weird acronyms floating around. I think there's going to be ways where you say, I'm a lover of blank. What is it? Well, I love floral prints and pastoral scenes and interesting <laughs> art that has to do with, you know, this specific period. And they'll say, oh, well, that's interesting. We have this wonderful app. It's sort of this impressionist and post or whatever, whatever, you know, focus and everything you want to know about NFTs associated with that is going to be what you can jump into versus today where it feels like the Ebays of the 10 years ago, we come into a landing page. It's so overwhelming because it's like, well, what do you want to search for? And you say, I don't know. I don't even know. And you type in one word and up comes 500 things that are totally unrelated. And there's no machine learning. There's no algorithms. There's no recommendations. There's no, all it is is guys like me coming in saying, oh, I'm going to put my stake on Swizzle. <laughs> so if anyone searches for that, I am done. I got him. I got you, at least for right now. <laughs>
this is history repeating itself, that there would be these fragmented marketplaces specialized for each of these unique things. And then eventually, then you go, you, you know, if history keeps repeating itself, well, somebody gobbles up all of the different marketplaces and turns it into the Amazon of, and you've got them all consolidated under one roof. I, I just every time it, it keeps blowing my mind that, that this is where we're going. You, you also talked about... Um, uh, all these different currencies, all these different marketplaces. Uh, we started the, the the different use cases for these different marketplaces. I think last time we talked about Rally, Rally.io, kind of you know yes. in the same in the same ecosystem here. Yet another marketplace where it's not exactly an NFT, but you're investing in 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 Rally's case a creator, the the artist themselves, and you sort of are. I don't want to say you own a piece of them, but isn't that kind of the implication that you know you are now attached to them with some value you've now put your dollars behind these people so one of the the creators i think i did talk about this last time uh brian fanzo Mm -hmm. guest on the show adhd so one of the things he posted about um within his rally coin was looking for somebody to produce a physical coin and I had mm. to stop there as I'm scrolling on my phone and he and people were sharing with him vendors like where you can go and produce, you know, like the military gives out like uh, sure. award. Yeah. Award coins or things like that. A lot of, you know, a lot of people, even your kids sports, you can get a coin or a, or a medal or whatever. Well, now there's manufacturers you could go to. He wants to manufacture his ADHD coin as a physical coin. Again, history repeating itself, metaphors being used, but it's. I'm I bought in I think at five dollars or maybe fifteen just to to you know as a as a tip as a way to buy in mm-hmm. I think it's uh, five or ten x that uh, in the past four or five weeks so I'm like oh okay all right do I just hang on to it do I extract the value <laughs> I don't know what to do yet but I want a physical coin when he prints yeah them. I mean you're talking like the the like the blending of metaphors to me it's like the layering of the meta layers because in theory if you like look at uh, I don't even uh, to to use probably the wrong word like the, the meta theory or whatever the people who study this is you know it's it's like sort of the it's almost to me like the opposite of singularity in a way because you can basically forever abstract yourself one extra layer in, in infinitely <laughs> infinitely right because what you're saying is let me just play this back so like the guy the idea of a rally creator coin is super interesting so imagine it kind of like harkens back let's just use the example of like a a known artist like a Picasso, right? So Picasso was actually quite famous while he was still alive. So you have this you know, guy who famously like drew a, 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 a sketch on a napkin to pay the bill at a restaurant, you know, when he was in you know, Barcelona or something, because he's that important and that famous and that person could take that as it's an original. Um, but there were people who were patrons, right? The idea of a, a rally coin, if Picasso were alive, would be like those people who hung around with him and bought him dinner and like did things right. and whatever were sort of the they were investing in his rally coin in a way, right? So you fast forward to today, it's like, okay, well, that makes sense. I understand the history repeating itself. I am a creator. I make the ADHD coin and I'm doing my thing, whatever. Now let's abstract it one more layer. He made a physical good. Now he's got these real coins. Now if you're holding one of those physical coins, maybe you are now creating an NFT of you in different places in the world where he's created art holding the coin and kind of creating this like 3D sort of selfie thing once that kind of that tech takes off or whatever. And then there's one more layer abstracted. I think about this, uh, have you heard or read about this? um, There's this robot uh, who is an artist 
don't know if you've heard about this. So the idea no. is that the so uh, the robot, her name is Sophia, uh, and they basically what these guys did was like, okay, we're going to use AI to abstract. Here's the first abstraction. We're the creators. What are we creating? Something physical. Okay, first abstraction. It's we're a digital creator, but we're creating something physical, not a coin, but in this case, a robot, right? And and, and an automaton named Sophia. What is the automaton named Sophia? Well, the abstraction is we're calling her an artist, right? She's not just any robot. She's actually an artist. She kind of physically looks like a human, kind of awkwardly or whatever, um, like ex machina-esque, right? Then that's the next abstraction. Well, what does she do, right? What's her cre- what, what is her creativity? She paints. Let's say that's what she does to start, okay? She paints. And now we have a painter who is autonomous, who is, who is a creator in and of itself, call it herself because it's Sophia, who is the product, physical product of the creators who were the original guys making the thing, who themselves did it digitally, right? So that's sort of like went to digital to analog, digital, analog. Now, what does she paint? She paints self-portraits of herself. The robot with the machine learning makes these portraits. Then the, the, the original creators of this automatonic creator create an NFT of the self-portrait that the robot painted and then sell that. And I want to say they sold it for like over half a million bucks, the first one. And then it's a question of, okay, well now, what if you created a whole portfolio of, <coughs> of the art, excuse me, of the Sophia robot? Because she's a, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> a living artist. <coughs> I'm choking on my own uh, <coughs> coin. Oh, take a second. Sorry. A sip of this. <coughs> So she lives forever. She's a living artist, right? But she will live forever as long as she's plugged in. So now (laughs) you have the ability to create an ongoing kind of art, this arc of creativity, because she's just starting, right? She's just doing self-portraits, but she's not going to end there. Who knows? She'll be doing ceramics next. And now you're going to have all these NFTs. So now now you start to wonder, wait a second, what if we create an, an AI program that is her manager? And it just automates the whole process. It automates the marketing of her. Let's just use OpenSea because I've been there. So now you have a robotic creation of a, you know, two steps removed from a human who is managing the art portfolio of an inhuman artist and selling NFTs to people. And they are, and her art will evolve and get better over time as the software does. So owning an original Sophia versus one in 10 years will be interesting. And yet it is 100% created by the chain for the chain because she's going to make and modify her art based on what is selling through that manager software i know it's, it's kind of a hard path to follow but this literally just happened and like it's yeah, the very the beginning link. of it I'm, i want to go down <clears throat> this rabbit hole but i mean the concept that the robot goes on in perpetuity um it, it, outliving its original creators right like outliving them and then the the automation that it can continue to just create new nft create new product create new nft create new product create nft create new product and just keep going that's it's almost it's mining its own value its value is just in art in this asset this thing that we place uh, a value on that we believe is valuable it's it's just to me the whole concept then gets really muddied of what is money <laughs> what is what is money why do we need it um and if this kind of thing is possible and we can have value associated across all things every single thing then then what does the future of 
currency become? Because now if I could pay in, I think we talked about this one too, it's like I could pay in half of my Sophia painting, I'll give you a fraction of that. And I've got this uh, Topshop card that I'll give you a fraction of that. And I've got this other Swizzle Bang. And, but those three combined should be enough to pay for my new car. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where the, you know, there, there is going to become a normalization of those currencies again, right now, because of the, the dependency of Ethereum as the gas and of the, the currency for NFTs today, that's just how it is today. I can imagine a future where things start to be totally normalized. There's already kind of players at, at work here, you know, Mark Cuban, who's been very vocal on this and, I haven't followed all of his tweets and all of his positions, but he kind of goes back and forth often as, as a lot of these guys do like Elon Musk and others where they'll tweet one thing and they'll contradict themselves and they'll kind of, they just play around. They don't even really, they're figuring it out too, <laughs> but they're just very vocal as they're figuring yeah. it out. Um, you know, Mark Cuban famously went like hard into Dogecoin, even though that's just like a, a meme Joe coin and even yeah. made it so you can go buy Mavericks jerseys and you can go to the ATMs around the country with Dogecoin. Elon Musk was making all kinds of crazy tweets about around uh, April Fool's Day about taking a physical Dogecoin, which of course does not exist, but a moon. physical Dogecoin and putting it on the moon. <laughs> And then yeah. like watch Dogecoin pop or whatever. Um, but Mark Cuban has come out with this really interesting position because he is so, it sounds like doubling down on NFTs and doubling down on altcoins and the whole crypto universe sort of sans Bitcoin. But he's saying that he thinks that Ethereum is what is the closest thing that we have to a digital dollar, a currency because of how everyone's embracing this collectible thing. And when you talk about sports markets and hip hop artists and everybody, well, that might, might say something. Whatever it ends up being, I feel like it's going to have to become, obviously, you and I both know, no one's really going to want to say the word ether and talk about WETH and all these guys. Like that, that just needs to be erased. And there, what's going to happen is like you talk these niche you know, ways that you enter these markets, these, I enter the market because I'm interested in blank and here's an app or a marketplace that focuses on that one thing. And then it's so easy because all I got to do is show my driver's license and or my credit card and I can start to buy stuff and boom. Um, but then again, now here comes the IRS because everything's a transaction recorded now through the Visa network. Um, as soon as that starts to happen, the whole thing becomes something uh, that's usable because right now, like you said, if we had a little piece of Sophia, a little piece of a swizzle bang and whatever, you want to go buy a Tesla, we would have to convert all of that into Bitcoin, hit the button on our app, and then the Tesla would arrive in five hours or convert it all into Dogecoin and go to the Dallas Mavericks site and buy the ticket. You know, these are all these incidentals that I think we, I'm trying to think of the analog from the early web. Uh, if we think back to, you know, early web browsers and early things, I mean, it, it does it get back to the, the notion of like early JavaScript as a way of augmenting advertising opportunities on web pages? It reminds me a little bit of the various um, story serving systems. You remember there was a vignette story server you had to oh. use, which was clunky, and then you had these other things. So <laughs> Very they were, familiar they were with like vignette. <laughs> yeah. So there were different flavors of, of serving articles. There were suddenly new flavors of serving ads. Think of mm -hmm. those as forks off of a web page, off of that, that chain, the early days. This is all happening where we're seeing a, a bunch of people playing. It's all in the air. It's going to settle and we're going to go forward. And Sophia is not only going to be painting, you know, it only makes sense that she's painting pictures of herself because people can get to wrap their head around it. Like, what does the robot do? Oh, she paints. What does she paint? Portraits. I understand it. But the, but the, the robot's going to be creating something totally different. Like, what if the, are there are going to be AI that's going to be creating coin and forks off of coins because it's going to be predictive, predictive of what it needs to do to optimize itself. And it will all yeah. end up coming back when it's done. We're never, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how these black boxes of like 
of chain mirror the black boxes of algorithms that used to toy with the stock markets. I think when you talked about Coinbase going public on on Nasdaq, which I also want to, I'm going to dig into, and we can talk about it more next week or next time. But that to me, maybe you, you equate that to early days. I think about AOL. So you, you, mm-hmm. know, you talk about vignette or Howard Sterling stories, but now all of a sudden here comes AOL. And AOL was how everybody got online. And there's nobody that you could walk to in the street, no matter how old they are. And you mentioned American Online. They know what that is because people had the CDs or the floppy disks sitting around in stacks. But that's how everybody got online. And I could see where Coinbase, you take that bizarre mentality, the first table that people walk into, and they create the back end of this marketplace. They automate all the features. All you're doing is putting your credit card in. You hear that sweet, sweet dial up and you get your you get your nft or you get whatever the thing is i can uh, coinbase going on nasdaq for me seems like a an anchor point when we look back uh you know 10 15 years of maybe that's how everybody in uh, you know in the public sort of gets introduced and gets gets into it or just nfts in general to your point but these marketplaces are going to make it even easier um, I think I'm going to leave it there. Ancarino, this is fascinating. I think this is going to end up being more than just the, the segment of, of off the record on the rocks. Um, I think this has got to end up being its whole a whole episode. So we'll talk again. Well, Thanks we, again. We we spoke early today, so I didn't have a chance to pour my tumbler full. Um, maybe next Friday we'll uh, have a proper happy hour for off the record on the rocks. But yeah, let's keep our uh, our eyes and ears glued to this and i'll uh, ping you when i put up the first just direct buy nft link okay. at a very reasonable price so we can test all that out um before we start going broader or i start going broader with uh, the network but yeah always a pleasure talking to you michael and so much more to to discuss next time off the record on the rocks